Welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia, and we are going to be joined by our very special guest and good friend of ours, Benjamin Bornstein. He is a writer for Project Spurs and covers the San Antonio Spurs, amongst other sporting uh, avenues out there. He, his specialty is college basketball and prospects, which is something we're going to be talking about uh, in today's episode of the Two Shots Podcast. So, Ben, currently the Spurs are 12th in the Western Conference. They're on a two-game losing streak. And they have a game coming up tonight against the Dallas Mavericks. Then we got word, to make things worse, that DeJounte Murray suffered an injury against the Cleveland Cavaliers. So now we're down DeJounte. We are down LaMarcus. And we are down Yaka Portal. We have no presence inside the paint as far as big men go then we lost oh, our, yeah and then we oh, lost that's our the only guard. guys running out that's it <laughs> and then we lost our point guard our starting point guard who is uh the facilitator of the ball and helps run the offense so things aren't looking good right now in spurs nation so kind of pull me off the ledge is there any hope or the spurs playoffs hopes all but are are dead um, I don't know about pulling you off the ledge. I may just uh, push you and just say, hey, we're going to take this plunge together. Uh, but there is I, there is no way that they make the playoffs. They're 10 games below 500 with only a handful of games left in this season. I mean, we have the rest of this month and what, a week, week and a half of April worth yeah. of games. So I don't see them coming back. And frankly, what I'm hoping is they kind of shut down LaMarcus they shut down DeJounte Murray. Do not shut down Pirtle because you need to see what need to see how he finishes the season because he is a restricted free agent, I believe. So they should they should see what they've got with him, see how much they want to offer him this offseason because he's definitely a guy the Spurs should keep and probably keep as a backup if circumstances allow it. But yeah, they they if if you're the Spurs, try and lose some games, man. Stop trying to win so hard. You get into the top ten of the draft. I mean, there's the the top ten is is not great this year, but the farther you get up in the draft order, the more you can trade down for. And you there are plenty of solid value players in the bottom half of the first round. Yeah, that that there is, you know, and that's the thing with Spurs fans right now. You know, they see how what the team is doing out there on the court, you know, and, and with no inside presence as far as Anybody in the paint to help rebound or, or protect the rim, the Spurs have looked really bad lately. You know, they got blown out by the Nets. They lost in OT to the Cavaliers. They barely won against the, the Hornets. I mean, things just aren't looking good. And they haven't been looking good since the beginning of the season. They've been very inconsistent. They win. They lose. Uh, they get blown out by lesser teams. They went against teams they got no business beating, like the Bucks, for example. You know, I mean... This team is just up and down. There's just no rhyme or reason to the the flow of their offense or or the lack of of defense that they've shown uh, this season is is really hurting them. And it, and it's quite the conundrum. And and people don't understand because on paper the roster should have actually produced better than they have thus far in you know this season. But for whatever reason, it just seems like the chemistry just wasn't there. You know, Dejounte was coming back from injury. He was inserted into the lineup, and that seemed to kind of mess with the flow of Derek White as well, and DeJounte had to get back in his rhythm, and just as he's starting to hit his stride and look good, he gets injured, you know, and then Derek White has had 
an up and down season. He hasn't been very consistent and Spurs fans have uh, come to question him and they want to know what's what's going on with him. And then they look at the flow of the, the offense and then the lack of defense, especially out on the perimeter. I mean, this team is every bit the 500 team that we kind of thought they were going to be early on in the season, Ben. And you're one of the ones that had said, hey, this this is looking like a 500 team. So you were dead on the money in that assumption. Well, they the, the problem is, so the team looks good on paper, but the rotations and the lineups that have been thrown out are not those rotations and lineups that we thought we were going to see. Oh, no doubt, with Marco and Bryn in there especially. Right, that's part of the problem. You're The Spurs have thrown out a ton of lineups where they think they can – they think they can compensate for bad defense with better shooting, but those guys haven't shot to the level they need to in order to make up for their lack of defense on the perimeter. And a lot of times when you do have DeJounte or Derek or Lonnie out there playing defense on the perimeter, they're still trying to make up for other guys who aren't playing defense. And so they look bad. Their numbers don't necessarily look good either. And so you say, oh, well, DeJounte Murray has this defensive rating or whatever for the season. Okay, but what's his defensive rating with with these other defensive players out on the perimeter? What's his defensive rating when Marco Bellinelli is on the court with him, when Bryn Forbes is on the court with him, when Patty Mills is on the court with him? Those numbers are very different than when he's playing with Derek White and Orlani Walker. Yeah, And I don't know if the Spurs front office or their staff just refuses to look at those numbers or if they're doing a horrible job of straight up tanking or if they honestly believe that they can win games. But whatever they're doing, it's not working. And I think, like you mentioned, a lot of it is chemistry issues. And I've I've said this. I said this fairly early in the season. I said, you know, I think at the end of this season, we're going to have we're going to have some stories come out that that are going to explain why the chemistry wasn't great. There's going to be a lot of quotes that we're going to want to take. Some people are going to take out of context. Some people will use it properly, but there's going to be a lot of quotes to use basically saying, you know, we, these two guys didn't get along or these two guys didn't play well together, or this guy thought this dude was being lazy, or this guy thought this guy wasn't a professional, whatever it is. There's, there's going to be something. It's all going to come after the season because the Spurs uh, do a pretty good job of keeping things in house they do not have leaks, um, which is something you can appreciate during hurricane season. But it's it's not pretty. It's not good. It's not fun to watch. And I think that's the most devastating part for Spurs fans. They they're watching a basketball team that just isn't fun to watch. Whereas there there were teams that weren't great. Granted, they went to the playoffs, so they were still good enough to get to the playoffs. But there were Spurs teams throughout the years that weren't that great, but they were still fun to watch. Yeah. That that's true. You know, I remember there was a number of teams, especially in the the later part of the nineties, uh, that just really didn't live up to standards, but they were still fun to watch. Nonetheless, you know, they were projected to go further into the playoffs than they did. Uh one of the ones that comes to most uh, the most recent memory to me is the team that kind of got trounced by the Utah Jazz and in the NBA playoffs, and that was the duo of David Robinson and Dennis Rodman. You know, fun to watch. You you know, you see Dennis Rodman diving into the floor, going after the balls, going into the stands, had his his hair, you know, dyed yellow, you know, blonde. He went blonde. Yeah. You know, the demolition man is what he was calling himself at the time because of the movie. 
And, yeah. and it was it was fun to watch them, you know, play. But unfortunately, they just didn't go for far into the the playoffs. Uh, this team, however, you know, with with all the moving parts that the Spurs had to work with, you know, in the Kawhi trade, you know, acquiring one uh, DeMar DeRozan and, you know, also Yaka Portal. Yaka Portals look good this season. You know, DeMar has been one of the most consistent players here on the team. But beyond those, uh, you know, beyond DeMar, you've had a lot of inconsistencies. And I have pointed this out from the starting five, you know, and that even goes to to bench play. So there's been a lot of a lot of issues with this team. And like you had alluded to as well, it's part of that is chemistry. Part of that is lineups. But then we look at some of the youth that we have here. And that's what Spurs fans have been clamoring for most of the season. You know, they want to see the young guys go out there and ball out. And one Keldon Johnson, Lucas Samanich, Quindary Weatherspoon. They wanted to see more Lonnie Walker, you know, and they got that. They got to see more Lonnie. Uh, Lonnie's shown that, you know, he has uh, the potential uh, to be a better player, but he's still, there's still some aspects of his game he needs to work on, you know, and that's going to come with, with experience and with him getting some run out there. So Spurs fans are happy with that aspect of the game. Hey, he might make mistakes, but he is one of these young guys that's going to be our future. He needs to get those minutes. But I got to tell you, out of this whole uh, rookie class that we have this season, Keldon Johnson has impressed me the most. This young man has shown that he has a high basketball IQ, uh, Ben. And not only that, in the last game, he can get up there and play good defense. He's not afraid to mix it up, runs the court really well, doesn't make a lot of mistakes, knows how to use his body. And he has a big body. You know, he shields the ball really well. He plays smart, fundamental basketball. I think this kid might be ready to to make a, make an impact and, and contribute next season. I know some Spurs fans say I'm crazy, but what's your what's your take on, on Keldon? Keldon was one of my favorite players coming out of the draft last year. When he declared, I, I ended up writing something on him for Project Spurs, and I loved his game. He... May not necessarily be a great shooter right now, but again, you, if you're working, if you're if he's going to get moved up to the San Antonio Spurs, he's going to be working with Chip and Galland. He'll be just fine. Chip Chip fixed Dejounte's shot, and Dejounte basically didn't shoot it when he first got to San Antonio. So, working Keldon and him working together is going to be is going to be wondrous. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be fun. But Keldon Johnson already plays the way you hope. Any pro plays. He plays hard all the time. He works his butt off on defense. He tries to make the right play on offense. And yeah, that's going to lead to some mistakes, probably because he's playing faster than he's used to. He has to get used to the speed of the game a little bit. But I mean, he's dominating in the G League. He's playing really well there. At some point, you ha- and he's been consistent. That's the biggest thing. He's been consistent. So you have to you have to reward that. And especially with the way the Spurs roster could look next season with. Bryn Forbes and Marco Bellinelli gone. They're both unrestricted free agents. And yes, they're shooting guards and Keldon Johnson probably plays more three. He has the size to play two and he can play defense on two guards. So I think that might be a natural shift for him for a little bit of the season. Anyway, he starts there. And then depending on who the Spurs draft, if they do end up drafting another guard, um, which I actually just wrote about Tyrese Halliburton for project Spurs. He's that should be coming out sometime today, Tuesday, the 10th. Um, so you'll, you'll be seeing those tweets from me. But, you know, if they get a guy like that, then you can move Keldon back to three, have him play three 
small ball three, regular three, whatever. He's got the size and he's, again, he's just a guy who hustles everywhere. And you have to love that about a player. He cares. He deeply, deeply cares about the game of basketball and he wants to get better. And I'm not sure that's something uh, a lot of the older guys on this team want to do. I don't think LaMarcus Aldridge is always working on ways to get better. I don't think DeMar DeRozan is doing the same thing because if he was, DeMar DeRozan would have would have started shooting threes. He's on the other side of 30 and he still doesn't shoot threes. You know, there's so few two guards who can get away with that. Dwayne Wade is one of them. And even then, some of his biggest shots were threes throughout his career. So you, you just you have to appreciate a guy who goes out there, works hard and wants to get better. And Keldon Johnson is that guy. And I'm not saying, oh, let's give him a participation trophy, uh, throw him a bone. It's he's earned it. Yeah. Yeah, that he has, you know, and I think that's the thing, you know, Spurs fans were even comparing Keldon to Lonnie, and they were like, Hey, Keldon is a better overall player than Lonnie Walker. I didn't say that, so don't come for me. That was what you guys were saying. I saw that all over Spurs Twitter. Uh so you have that there. Um, but you know, to me it was interesting, the dynamic, you know, and then the correlation that a lot of the adept uh, Spurs fans have noticed, you know, so so early on with the with the few games that Keldon has participated in is his skill set, you know, and his ability to be able to contribute right now is, in fact, you know, maybe, you know, better than than Lonnie Walker. Lonnie Walker is exciting to watch. He's a fast player. I think the only uh, thing that Lonnie needs to work on is kind of getting a little bit more of uh learning about control, you know, especially in that open court, making better decisions with the ball. Um, a lot of Spurs fans come at him too, you know, and I'm like, look, these guys are still learning. Uh, there's no need to come at them and, and with slander, you know, and they're like, well, Lonnie keeps missing layups and he keeps missing dunks. He's going to make these shots eventually. He needs the experience. He needs to to go out there and learn, you know, in, this, in these open court situations in the complex and the context of a game situation. To get better, he needs that experience. And it's for him, it's the difference between playing fast and playing hurried. Yes. A lot of times it looks like he's playing hurried out there. He wants to get up and down the court, which is fine, because frankly, I think I think the Spurs have their best scoring opportunities if they get out and go. Because you have you have good guards that you should be able to trust, but he's he's made mistakes because he's he's probably overthinking it, to be honest. Yeah. He's saying you know, do I go take the slam? Do I dump it to someone? You know, where do I go with the ball instead of just being able to react? And it's instinct. It's not instinct for him yet. And again, like you said, he needs to get those minutes so that it becomes instinct. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's it comes with patience, you know, and I was telling uh, Spurs fans, you know, look, realistically, this team, as it's currently constructed with the influx of the youth that we have right now, this team isn't going to look like a stereotypical Spurs team. Uh, and I'd say my best estimation is at least maybe two, three seasons down the road. You know, and that's because these young guys need to get that experience. And the younger generation of player that we have in one, you know, DeJounte Murray, you know, Derek, Derek White, uh, Yaka Portal, if we decide to go ahead and, and keep him and offer him an extension, uh, they're going to look really well within the next two or three seasons because, more experienced, they're going to add more to their game with the influx of the youth coming into their own. I think the that can make for some exciting basketball, you know, where Spurs fans want to see this team get younger, faster, athletic, have these great explosive plays, especially in the open court. 
That's what's going to happen. That's what our future looks like. So we have to learn a little bit of patience. We can't have everything that we want right at this exact moment in time, nor do we have the money to go and chase anybody that's worth a damn and free agency because of the cap. You know, that is, that's the biggest part people don't understand. You can't just go out and chase people. The Spurs, the Spurs have to wait two years for the big contracts to come off their the books, the books. Yeah. And that's in, in two summers, in the summer of 2021, that's the free agency class you want to be a big player in. That's when you want to have your cap space. And that's when the Spurs are going to have their cap space. That's, that's what people don't understand. You have to, the, the Spurs aren't going to be able to sustain greatness every single year. The NBA landscape is changing. Scouting is changing. All right. P- teams are finally looking overseas regularly and they're finding talent later in the draft and they're finding guys on their two way contracts that they're bringing up and they're playing well. This isn't an NBA where it's, you know, the Spurs are going to go out and find a Tony Parker and a Manu Ginobili every year and be able to say, ah, we're just a better scouting department than everybody else. It's not going to work like that anymore. You have to, you, you have to be patient. There, other teams are going to have their runs. You know, every team has a window now. Uh, some of them a realistic window, some of them not. But you know, there's the the, the Spurs' window for playoff success has closed. It's not happening this year. Yeah. You know what? It's fine. It was a great run. It was 22 years. All right. You have to you have to sit back for a moment. And you have to appreciate all that time. No other team has been able to do anything like that. And sure, the Golden State Warriors won, what, three out of four championships? Okay. But after Steph Curry gets old and Klay Thompson gets old or their bodies give out on them like they have already. Because of all the minutes. After that. Yeah. Because all the minutes they play. So, and, and granted, Steve Kerr is not going full Tom Thibodeau. He's not running people into the <laughs> ground. He's not, he's not he's smarter than that. Yeah. But. Uh, you know, you have to realize the Spurs are going to have to rebuild at some point and they're going to have to, you're going to have to be patient. They're going to have to find young talent and they may miss on a guy. And you know what? It sucks. The Spurs have missed on people before. Nobody wants to talk about it because it didn't, it didn't really affect playoffs. It didn't affect them in the playoffs and affect them getting championships, but the Spurs have missed on plenty of guys. All right. Every team misses on people. You, you, this is what happens when you get so many picks throughout a draft. People get a, you know, you're, you're trading, you're trading a bunch of second rounders to get into the first round. You're trading away higher first round picks to get, you know, lower picks later or higher, higher picks in future drafts, whatever it is. You just, you, you have to hope that the Spurs do well in scouting. They understand what they have and they, they don't, overvalue guys they don't pick they don't reach on guys in the draft and in this draft this is probably the most dangerous draft to do that because it's not a very strong class so you you could definitely find yourself reaching for a guy with that 11th 12th or 10th pick whatever the spurs end up with and you're saying to yourself okay he's a decent player but not a top 10 guy yeah Exactly, you know, so you have that, but I'm going to go ahead and get into this with you, man, because we do have the NBA draft coming up, and this is your favorite subject, with prospects especially, you know, you have your eye on some really good players, and like you stated, you know, this is not one of the better draft classes coming up, so the consensus is, if you don't pick high, you're really not going to get anybody worth anything, 
But, you know, we never know what any one person can develop into, especially going into the second round. Same thing. You never really know what you have. And that's part of the NBA draft. It's kind of a gamble. You're you're going out, you're, you're looking at the talent, and you're trying to go ahead and get the best piece you think will be able to contribute to your team. You know, maybe in an area that you're lacking, or maybe you know, hey, this shooting guard might, you know, two years come off the books. We need to go ahead and look towards the future, maybe trying to replace him with somebody that's in the draft right now. You know, so given that, I'm going to go ahead and let you know one of our friends here on Twitter. His name is Monty Smith. Shout out to you, Monty. Um, he was saying, you know, hey, these are his is his prospects as far as who he thinks would, would fit the bill to come over here and contribute to the San Antonio Spurs. And his, uh, his prospects for the Spurs is Obi Toppin. He put Denny, the, the hummus KD, <laughs> James Wiseman, Isaac Okor. And Anthony Edwards, you know, so these are, are are his picks, you know, being a fan and somebody who likes to watch the the Spurs, you know, play and do good, you know, moving forward. Um, what do you think about that? I mean, what are your picks as far as who you think the Spurs should should look at in this upcoming draft? Well, two or three of those guys will not be available to the Spurs by the time they pick. Anthony Edwards is going top three. He will not be available. Denny Abdija is probably going to be taken off the board before he gets to the Spurs, and James Wiseman is going to be top three as well. So those guys, like I like those players, but they will not be available to the Spurs. Yeah, but if so, they are. <laughs> but, but if, if James Wiseman falls to 11, you take him. No, I, no doubt. Um, unless there is some insane medical red flag, you take him because he has the body, he has the build, and he can, he can play defense, and he, he'll be able to score a bit for you. But again, I don't think he's going to last that long in the draft unless something absolutely insane happens. Yeah. Um, but the guys I'm looking at, Onyeko Kongwu out of USC, Obi Toppin as well. Love Obi Toppin. I think a lot of Spurs fans love Obi Toppin. They got an eye on him. He's and he comes from he comes from good coaching. Um, Anthony Grant at Dayton is great. Um, I actually remember Anthony Grant from when he was a, an assistant coach under Billy Donovan at Florida. That's how long ago I started following Anthony Grant. Um, but he's he's been great. He has been great for that program. I think it's a perfect fit, and he's made Obi Toppin a fantastic player. Now, uh, the only thing with Obi Toppin is he's older than a lot of the guys in this draft, and he's only a redshirt sophomore, but – he spent an extra year at prep school, and that's why he's older. So he came – he went to Dayton as a freshman at 19, redshirted a year, 20, played a redshirt freshman year, 21, and he just turned 22 this month. So if you're one of those people who is kind of afraid of older draft picks, he might scare you a little bit. But with him, you also know very much what you're getting. You have a 6'9 big man whose body is NBA ready. He's long. He's lanky. He's more explosive than people realize. And he does. He has a play maybe two or three times a game where he's. you think he's too far to dunk on a guy, and he just kind of jumps up, and his arm just comes over, and he dunks it on a guy. And you think, how did he do that? He should not have been able to do that. So I really like him. I I – was watching him one of the first tournaments of the season, the Maui Gym Invitational, and he gave he gave Kansas everything they could handle, 
and he he put it on Virginia Tech and Georgia in that tournament as well. He scored 49 points uh, total against Virginia Tech and Georgia. So great player. Love his game. Uh, Onyeka Okongwu out of USC. Love him too. He's 6'9", super long, super lanky, super athletic, great rim protector. Offensive game is still evolving. He, he shoots it a little bit in the mid-range right now, has shown potential to step out and, and hit some threes and um, be, a, be a decent shooter from there. But um, one of the other guys uh, that you mentioned, Isaac Okoro, I like him. I don't know if he's going to be available to the Spurs. He's uh, All the mock drafts I'm looking at every week, they have guys all over the place. There is really no consensus between any of these prospects. Each, some of them have James Wiseman as the top pick. Some of them has Anthony Edwards as the top pick. Some of them even have LaMelo Ball as the top pick. <laughs> and and I'm, I, so I have, it's hard to figure out what people are thinking, what front offices are thinking, um, because there's not a Zion Williamson where you say, okay, this guy is clearly better than everybody else. We must draft him now. Yeah. So that part is a bit hard to figure out. And because people have different guys at one and two and three, and really the whole top five is different. It leaves other guys falling to different spots. They don't in other drafts and other mock drafts. So some people have Isaac Okoro as a top 10 pick. Some people have him as a late lottery. Some people have him mid lottery. So it's tough to say, but I like Isaac Okoro's game. He is six six two twenty five. He's a strong kid. He started as a four-star prospect going to Auburn. He's worked himself into a first-round pick. And he's got all of those high upside indicators that you look for. His body is NBA ready. He is incredibly athletic. He plays excellent defense. He just has to work on his shot. He doesn't have a real shot right now. He shoots less than 30% from three. And he knows where his bread and butter is. And that's getting to the rim, straight line drives, uh, spin move every now and then. But for the most part, getting some putbacks here and there and straight line drives is where he lives. So he's he's an option. And uh, a guy I just wrote about, Tyrese Halliburton, you know, if with Bryn Forbes, Marco Bellinelli gone for sure, oh, really yeah. Lonnie Walker, possibly DeMar DeRozan. And the way things have gone this year, everybody has now been saying that DeMar DeRozan could easily opt out of his contract and try and get money elsewhere. That he could. He could test the waters in free agency. And there's been word on the street, too, you know, that maybe he might even uh, go back home and go back and play with Toronto to, you know, maybe, you know, finish out his career out there. Who knows? You know, that would not be surprising to me at all. And if he does that, you're left with one shooting guard and Lonnie Walker. So you have to draft a shooting guard now. And a lot of people at the beginning of the year were saying, oh, all these people who are mocking the Spurs you know, mock drafting the Spurs to have a shooting guard. Oh, they're idiots. And it's like, well, they kind of look smart now. So I was one of those guys. I said, trying to go after a shooting guard is dumb because I really did think DeMar DeRozan would be back another year. I figured this year would be a better year for the team. And I think that's the way this team is playing is taking a toll on him mentally and physically. So he's going to, he's, I don't know what he's going to do, but I have a feeling he's not going to be back in a Spurs uniform next year. So if that's the case, Spurs need a shooting guard. 
And yeah, maybe you move up Keldon Johnson and he plays shooting guard, but you're still going to need one more. You always you want to have a rotation of guards that you can trust to be on ball handlers and off ball guys. And one guy who I think fits that bill is Tyrese Halliburton. He plays. He's six five. He's super lanky. He's athletic. He's deceptively quick, and he's able to play the one or the two. And he shoots the ball really well, despite having kind of funky mechanics. And again, you're going to you're going to hear this, read this when his profile comes out. But he's very good at getting to the rim. He just he actually doesn't get to the line very often, or not as often as you'd like, because. He uses his length really well, and he kind of goes over the top of people. He he finds ways to get around guys. He's just he's got like a plus seven wingspan. He's six five, and I think his wingspan is seven feet. Oh wow! So he's got that length, like you said, to him. Right. He's, yeah, he's he he's kind of batty in that regard. Yeah. Um. So he he's another guy who's gonna have to put on weight though. That's going to be his biggest thing if he wants to bang around with some of these guys. But yeah, he can probably yeah. guard one through three at the NBA level once once he puts on that weight. So I think that's going to be the biggest thing for him is putting on that weight. But I like him. I like – this might be a reach, but Devin Vassell out of Florida State, another rangy, long, great defensive player. He's 6'7", but he's a shade under 200 pounds. So clearly a guy you have to put weight on. But he's a really he's a good shooter. He can go out and create his own shots. And get, playing at Florida State, he doesn't get featured. He's not a guy who they say, "Okay, go out and score twenty, and you're playing thirty five minutes a game." Because Coach Leonard Hamilton goes super deep on his bench. He goes ten or eleven deep, and even into the postseason, he goes that deep. So, you know, Devin Vassell isn't a guy who gets to be featured in an offense, but he still gets his points. He averages almost sixteen a game. So I like him a lot. I like his game. Uh, that's that's a potential guy and some guys I was talking about at the beginning of the season maybe an Isaiah Stewart but again I think at 12 or 13 that's or, or 11 or 10 that's going to be a reach especially since he's not he's not really a shooter right now he is very much he's a 6'9 245 pound guy who wants to back you down play back to the basket and make his move which he makes it work in college he's very good he's very efficient but at, at that height, I'm not sure it's going to work at the NBA level. That's kind of Malik Rose-esque. He comes over here and does that in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. yeah I, I would argue he is much bigger than Malik Rose or stronger. But yeah, Isaiah Stewart, really strong guy. But you know, if you really want to get into some second round guys, a, a guy I'd keep an eye on is Isaiah Joe out of Arkansas. Pro shooter, pro shooter ready. He is a guy who can he'll come off your screens. He'll he'll take spot up jumpers and he will hit them. He's excellent in that regard, and he's a solid size. He's six five, one eighty. Don't have to worry too much about him. I think he'd be a nice little second round steal if the spur if he failed to the Spurs. And um, it's funny because Arkansas was atrocious without him in the lineup. They, I think he missed almost ten games and they lost all but one without him in the lineup and then wow. he's in the lineup. They they're just such a better team. So like he's clearly a guy who makes his team better mostly through his shooting. So some guy to consider in the second round, maybe a Udoka as a Buki out of Kansas too, if if the Spurs just want a huge body who can bang with people, give you six fouls, as a Buki's that guy. He's seven feet, he's like two hundred and seventy pounds, he's a monster. 
just a monster. And he just beats up people, whoever he plays. He just he, He's great at pick and rolls. He's got good hands. He's got a good catch radius, as they say in the NFL. And he, he, he posts up well. He doesn't really have any go-to moves, but he's so much stronger than everybody else that he can kind of drop step and he goes up and dunks it. Terrible free throw shooter right now. Shoots less than 50%, which is not ideal. But again, a guy who can defend, he's more mobile than you might think. And he has become a much better athlete because he has lost weight pretty much every year he's been in college. He, he was at 300 plus pounds and now he's down to about 270. So a guy who is clearly willing to work and you like to see that too. Oh man, I like, I like all the names that you've mentioned so far, you know, and I think those are, are some of the names that Spurs fans are going to have to keep a close eye on, especially in this draft class. You know, we don't really know realistically we're more, more or less projecting where the Spurs will uh, fall within the context of the NBA draft. Because if they keep on their current pace right now, I believe me and you and almost everybody else agrees that they're projected to at least get the 11th pick. They could move up or they could move down depending on how the season pans out for them. You know, they believe there's 20 games left into the in the season right now. And realistically, Spurs would have to go 16-4. and four. To have a to even have a shot at the playoffs, we realistically looking at the schedule, we know that's not going to happen. I think mm-hmm. this team is going to struggle to get to thirty wins, and if they you know go on a win streak, they're going to hurt their chances as far as where they're going to fall in the NBA draft. So I think everybody in Spurs Nation is like team tank right now with all the okay. injuries we got. <laughs> you know, help your cause. <laughs> We're talking suns out, guns out kind of tank. Yeah, exactly. Talking- militarized zone tank yeah man exactly and that's what everybody has been putting out there on twitter the tank gif you know with the tank crashing and flipping over and all that they're like we're team tank i'm like yeah i I get it you know you all want a high draft pick and they believe that a high draft pick will actually help this team and get them uh better and looking like another you know stereotypical spurs team again uh and i'm all for it you know hey we do need some talent talent makes things better and, you know, again, the names that you pick, they do need some work, you know. But again, we have one of the guys best in the business, Chip, you know. So he can go, he can work with anybody, you know. And that's why we have him here uh, on the staff, you know, to go ahead and help people develop their shot, their free throws, you know, all that. So anybody that we pick, they're going to spend their time in the G League. And to the dismay of many Spurs fans, they're going to want to see their high pick, get some run right away. But realistically, that that hasn't really panned out you know so it's it's one of these things that's going to be a work in progress something that can contribute you know maybe in in the future sometime uh for the squad but realistically ben it's sad for me to say this but next year we could be looking at more of the same if not maybe a little worse depending on who stays and who goes uh because they're going to start getting a little thin there you know i mean do we really want to start throwing money at one Bryn forbes do we really want to keep marco no, let these guys no. go, you know? You you throw you throw little money deals at guys for a year yeah. just so you have enough players and you know, maybe you give you give a guy a chance to show that he's he's worth another contract to another team. Like that's kind of what Trey Lyles is doing this year. He's played yeah. really well. And he's kind of been a little bit of a journeyman, a little bit. You know, Trey yeah, Lyles. Yeah. Yeah, he's only been in the league I think 3 or 4 years and He's already been on a couple of different teams. Yeah, the last team that he was on was the Nuggets, you know, and and this year I gotta say, he kind of started off a little slow. You know, he had his moments, 
But as of late, in the absence of one Lamarcus, you know, he's kind of really shown that he can contribute, you know, if, you, if given the opportunity. Uh, so I kind of like this young man. I think that he can be a solid addition, a solid player. Um, so I, I like to see him stick around a little bit longer, you know, and he's got the youth on his side. Yes. So that God knows that we need to get younger because <laughs> much younger. <laughs> yeah, we need to get a little younger. Listen, if this is if this is a team that loses as many games as what its average age might be, or uh, they win as many games as their average age might be, that's fine next year. Yeah. Yeah, because we might need to start handing out some AARP cards, man. (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) This team's getting a little long in the tooth with some of the vets out there, man. Uh, One of the guys I wanted to talk to you about, too, is uh, give me your take on Rudy Gay, man. I mean, you kind of I kind of have a love hate relationship with him. Last season, he looked great. This season, not so much. He's kind of looking every bit as the old man that he is. He's like he hit a wall, man, and he just can't get past it. What's going on with him? I don't know, but he he plays the way I feel sometimes. Like my knees just Getting don't out of bed. work. <laughs> my back wants to give out on me. Like he's hobbling up and down the court. I'm like, dude, that's too many minutes for you, man. Yeah. But who else is going to play is the problem. Because they want to, you know, they want to see they they want to show that Rudy Gay has value, yeah. possibly in a trade this soft season. But does he have value? I don't really know. Because was last year what he normally does, or was last year, you know, a, a mirage? Yeah. I don't, I don't know what we're getting with Rudy Gay. Sometimes he, and sometimes he has games where he plays really well, and you're just thinking to yourself, why doesn't this happen more often? And maybe it's you don't play him in back to backs. Maybe you, he he has to have days off in between. Maybe that's it. He's just old. Exactly, exactly. That's a point that I'm getting at. You know, so I think the Spurs have tough decisions to make. It's like, look, you always need a couple in, a couple veterans. You need to have some veterans in there to kind of round out the roster, have that experience mixed with the inexperience, mixed in with the youth and athleticism and speed. Got to find the balance in between the both both of these things uh, to put a, a product on the floor you think that'll go ahead and contend and maybe uh, make a playoff run. Unfortunately, that wasn't in, in the cards for the San Antonio Spurs this season, uh, we're just saying, look, man, realistically, it's not going to happen. You know, we got to come to terms with that already. If you still want to believe, hey, man, more power to you. I'm just saying from an analytical standpoint, the math just isn't in their favor. You know, the magic number is too high. <laughs> and you know what the funny thing is? And this is the weird thing, man. And I'll go ahead and say it right now on air. I just got a feeling. I got a feeling, man. That when the lottery balls come out, the Spurs might get lucky, dude. That's all. That's all I can say. When the lottery balls come out, ninety-seven level conspiracy theories. I like it. I'm saying, man, it, it, stranger things have happened. You know, maybe it's just fate throwing us a, a solid. But I don't know, man. I got a good feeling about that. I don't know. If, you know, they're projected, like we said, to get the eleventh pick, but. If fate's in our favor, man, we might go a little bit higher than that if, if the balls fall in the right place when that lottery night hits, you know? And before we go ahead and end this end this Two Shots podcast, I wanted to give a shout out uh, to one of our, our good friends here on Twitter, Monty Smith. And I'm sure you saw this too, man. Crazy things were going on the other day on Spurs Twitter. Uh, Monty went ahead and put out a, a Spurs list. You know, he's like, 
top Spurs Twitter accounts or top Spurs Twitter accounts, you know, and he put comment if you got snubbed. So I'm going to read off the names, you know, that he and this is for fun. These are the accounts that he follows for fun, that he finds entertaining, that he likes. And these are his go to's for Spurs for Spurs news, you know, and updates. Squirrely Wrath, The Hellstone, Brett Solis 12, Reddit Spurs, Real Tom Petrini, Mac Pen Media, Ty Yeager Radio, Lore Spurs. I made the list. Thank you, man. Two Shots Podcast, Neki Barrow, you know, Spurs Legacy, Heavenly Cruise, and Hoodie Energy. You know, and, and some somebody, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name names here and I'm not gonna go ahead and slander anybody because I'm not that type of person. Look, man. But I mean, somebody who wasn't even tagged in the in the tweet came in here and just started coming at everybody sideways i'm just like it's these are lists that are made for fun man if, if you didn't make the list it's it's no big deal man this is just one person yeah it's just one person's opinion about hey these are the people that i like everybody's different somebody else might have another you know list of of top spurs twitter uh accounts that they follow and it, it's all good man i mean it's just it's there for fun you know spurs twitter is one of these things that you just go and you have fun with, you know, Spurs fans go in there. They they go ahead and explain, hey, man, this is how we're feeling. This is how we, we think the, the draft should go or, you know, just about the ongoings of the team from any given point in time. So it, it's just meant for fun. But some people just take things a little too serious, you know, and it, it's it's sad to see like the ugly side of things, you know. So I'm, I'm just like I'm not naming names, but it was just a list, man. That's all it was. It was just a list. <laughs> Meant for fun. <laughs> Gotta chill, bro. Gotta chill. Exactly, man. I think sometimes we, we take ourselves a little too serious. You can't laugh at yourself. You're not living, man. So don't take everything so serious, man. Also, it's Twitter, it. man. It is Nothing Twitter. serious on Twitter. Come on. Nobody is, man. You know, and if somebody comes at you sideways and hard on Twitter, you know, it, it's, it is what it is. It's just a social yeah. community. Block. <laughs> Block or mute? You got the block and mute buttons, man. So there you go. There's no limit. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to be conservative with the use of the button. Just saying. Yep. Not at all. You know what? I think I'm going to do one for fun, too. I'm going to do a list of, of people I think that are fun, you know, and funny and, you know, that I like to follow. And, you know, it's just just meant for fun. So, you know, no disrespect if I, I didn't put your name on the list. You know, it's just for fun, man. So before we go ahead and end this episode of the Two Shots podcast, Ben, let us know where we can see all the great content that you got cranking out over at Project Spurs. Absolutely. So like uh, like my man Joe said, I'm at Project Spurs. You can find me on Twitter at the underscore Boomstein. And uh, I'm actually going to be cranking out a bunch of profiles. I'm actually, once Selection Sunday comes around, I'm going to give you guys some of the highlights of some of the matchups we'll see for potential Spurs prospects. And I'm actually doing some writing for lineups as well, doing some draft stuff for them. So that's the, that'll be coming out as well over the next few weeks, really next couple of months as we gear up towards the draft. And there you go. So make sure you go and you follow Ben and read all the great stuff he's got coming out because he is a great writer. And he's also one of the guys who gives you, you know, the projected picks as far as, hey, these are the top picks for the draft. So if that's something you're very interested in. Make sure you go and you look at all the great stuff he's got coming out for lineups and also for Project Spurs. And also for all your local sports needs, make sure you go and check out our friends over at ProjectSpursNetwork.com. Shout out to you, Steven Anderson. 
hardest working man in uh, local media here in San Antonio. Facts. He, he does everything, dude. From he does uh, coverage for what's going on as far as the elections go. He does TV. He does the San Antonio Rampage, San Antonio FC, UIW football. I'm like, I don't, I don't know where the dude finds the time, man. I think he cloned himself. <laughs> he's got he's got one of those time turners from Harry Potter, dude. He probably does, man. I don't know how he does it. And he goes in, and he's trying to get, uh, you know, forward his education as well. So kudos to him, man. Hardest working man out there. So you can also follow us, you know, Two Shots Podcast. It's like it states here on our overlay, which we are, you know, putting out here as a as a live stream to the peeps. You know, twoshotspodcast.com. All spelled out, T-W-O-S-H-O-T-S podcast.com. So for Benjamin Bornstein, I'm Joe Garcia. Thank you for watching and listening to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, be kind, we're out, peace.